real quick, Scott's bummed about the humidor. And pick your milk for breakfast cereal, Mount Rushmore. some bad pitching on Monday night. That means there was some good hitting. Pitching was so bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. No, no, you're supposed to not... say, you're supposed to say, how, how bad, bad, oh, how was, bad it? was it? It was so bad, even Michael, Michael Conforto homered yesterday. It was Whoa. so bad, Ian Happ homered twice. That's th- Yes, he, he homered twice. Um, Aegon went gone twice. Th- even... Yeah, why did I lead with Conforto? Adrian Gonzalez and Ian Happ homered <laughs> twice yesterday. That's how bad the pitching was. Uh, and there was also uh, Fernando Romero. So on today's show, Adam, Scott, and Chris are here to tell you all about Monday's action and to give you at least one player that you should buy low on, to answer a bunch of your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com, to be fantasy regulators a little bit later. Okay, that's coming up later. Actually, we have a pretty busy show, so I'm looking forward to it. And uh, let's get started with the standouts. Oh, Mr. Scott White, who stood out to you on Monday night? One player who stood out, who people kept trying to tell me was actually good, and I kept insisting was not, is Zach Eflin. You mentioned the Romero start, and I'm sure we'll get into that later, but Zach Eflin was probably the other noteworthy start of the day. Nine strikeouts and six and two-thirds shutout innings. But newsflash, I still don't think he's good, despite <laughs> as many backers out there. I, I'm actually a little sad for Matt Whistler because when I made the same case for Matt Whistler not actually being good when he had that eight strikeout, two-hit gym a while back, I don't remember nearly as many backers showing up in my timeline. What? So. What is the case for Zach Eflin? I don't know. I don't know because if you look at his minor league track record, it's consistently not like six Ks per nine. Uh, even before he got called up this year in four starts, six point eight with a four ERA in the minors. Uh, his but he's you know put together two good starts here since getting called up. The first one though was six three hit innings, only five swinging strikes in that one. So it's not like it was really. You know, any reason to believe he was up to anything new. And this start just seems like an aberration based on everything we're seeing. Now, I yeah. will point out something his backers pointed out to me. The velocity is up. But unless it's being consistently reflected in the dominance, um, the dominance metrics, which it wasn't at AAA and it wasn't in his first start, I'm not sure it really matters. Yeah, I just, like, he got nine swinging strikes yesterday, which, or 14 swinging strikes yesterday, which is a lot, but it's not like an overwhelming amount. And nine and I mean, of them came on his fastball, which is like, that's a good sign, but it's probably not sustainable. Uh, like, we, your fastball can't be your primary swing in we're this reaching our, uh We're reaching our Zach Eflin quota. I got, we cannot lead off the show with Zach Eflin. I do not care about Zach Eflin. I care only about Fernando Romero, and I need to talk right, about let's him do it. immediately. He's much more it. interesting. Yes. Yes. Uh, 68% owned Fernando Romero. He has now thrown, uh, 11 and two thirds scoreless innings with seven hits, six walks, which isn't good, 14 strikeouts, which is good. 
and he's getting a lot of ground balls. So watched the game last night, not all of it, but I watched uh, about half of his start, and they were raving about him on the broadcast. But one thing they brought up was not really throwing his change up a lot. So you know how I feel about guys who don't have a big arsenal, especially righties. Mm-hmm. And that concerns me a little bit with Fernando Romero. But you know what? That's okay. I'm allowed to, you're allowed to have some concerns. He doesn't have to be amazing. Bottom line is, you, you might want to pick this guy up if he's available. 68% owned and, yeah. uh, off to a, a wonderful start for the Twins. Yeah, I think yeah. he needs to be must owned. He, he throws hard. He's got good stuff. He was never like a top, top prospect, but he was at least like listed on prospect lists. And, uh, the, the first two starts have been encouraging. There have been, some command and control problems, but I, I think for the most part, he's been very impressive so far. Yesterday we were trying to rank all these surprising starters who've emerged on waivers recently because there, there have been so many of them. And, um, Romero was lower on the list for me. I actually put together that list. 16 of the, the, the pitchers off waivers who have been in, in, enticed us the most this season, which goes back to guys like John Lucchese and Nick Pavetta. They're all included in there, along with Romero. Um, based on this start, I was only able... I thought I was going to be able to move him up more, but that just shows how many of them I like. I was only able to move him up one spot ahead of Tyler Malley. Uh, but that's going to be up on the site later today, so be sure to check I believe that it's out. already up. Oh, okay. There you hey, go. Chris is the boss. So would you rather have Fernando Romero or Jack Flaherty, as Adam Wainwright looks like he's going to take his his turn in the rotation this week. So Romero or Flaherty? I think I would point, rather it's probably got to be Romero. Yeah, I would think so. Romero or Tyson Ross? Romero. Uh, yes, Romero. I, I just, you know, I like Romero, and like I said, oh, the, the ground balls and the velocity is really good. But sorry, I like Tyson Ross more. I was just, I was distracted when I answered. Okay, I actually like Tyson Ross. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, okay. And Ross pitched pretty well yesterday. He gave up four runs in the sixth inning. He had held the Nationals to only one run through five and then kind of fell apart a little bit. Uh, ran into Matt Adams. So anyway, with Romero, I just wonder, you know, because I, cause I own him in four leagues. And in at least one of them, I am going to be making some offers to try to sell him today. And I just... He's got, you look at his minor league numbers, very inconsistent with the walks. Sometimes the walks were not a problem. Sometimes they really were. So far, six walks and 11 and two-thirds and doesn't really have a third pitch. So, you know, you got to sell high. But I think I'm going to be looking to do that if anybody's buying. I, I, like, I don't think he's going to change my fantasy team, you know, like completely win me a league or anything like that, you know? Right? Right? Feel yeah, me? Yeah, I mean, probably not, but... It's interesting. He is. Yeah, I'm glad I own him. All right, Jeff Samarja. What a bum. 88% owned, but Bruce Bochy was actually encouraged. Said his his command is getting back there. Uh, oh, his velocity is getting back there. That's what he said. He's He thinks uh, that Samarja is going to be fine, and that just needs to get his command down. He left some pitches up out over the plate. So is anybody worried about Samarja, or is this a good time to buy low on Samarja? Chris Towers, what do you think? I think it's a good time to buy low. If only because he's coming back from injury. His velocity, uh, is up. It was 94.8 miles per hour on average with his fastball over his last two starts. It was 93.2, uh, in his starts during April. So that's a very good sign. And look, he came back a little earlier than expected from this injury. So a little bit of rust isn't 
really concerning to me. I think he's a good pitcher. I think he's going to figure it out. All right. Chris, how about a standout from you? Uh, let's have the Nomar Mazar discussion. Let's. I can't quite make sense of it. Like it, it looks like on the surface that this is a talented young player who was, what, the number five prospect in baseball when he got called up two years ago. Finally starting to figure it out, putting it all together. I don't think that's what it is. He homered yesterday. He has eight on the season, I yeah. believe. Yep. And that's that's exactly what it looks like. When you look at it, you're all, all of a sudden he's on like a 35 to 40 homer pace, driving in a bunch of runs, hitting 287. It all looks great. And then you just realize like he's striking out more than he ever has. He's walking less than he ever has. And it's early enough that one extra walk could skew that sample size. But he's... The problem with him coming into the season is that he hits the ball on the ground too much. He is hitting the ball on the ground more than he ever has. But is that, and, do you know, so Mazzara has eight home runs. Seven of them have come in his last 20 games. He's been on a real tear. He's got what, like four home runs, five home runs in his last seven games, something like that. Um, I, do you, do you know if he's hitting the ball in the air more now? You know, uh, because, you know what I'm saying? Like, can you split it by time frame? I I can look it up, yeah. Yeah, and here's the thing about Mazzara is that he's he's batting 287, eight home runs, and he's only the number 31 outfielder in points, number 29 in Roto. Now, it's all very close. You know, one more good game could move him up a lot. But he doesn't do anything else. He's got six doubles, which is whatever, in 36 games. His walk-to-strikeout ratio isn't very good. He has zero steals. He hasn't even attempted one. 24 runs, 24 RBIs, 20 runs is very good. But I just wanted to point that out because, he, like, Adubo Herrera and Nomar Mazzara were two guys that they are ranked back-to-back in rankings. They're both right around number 30 in both points in Roto. And Herrera, I believe, has had two two-homer games this year. Um, but, not like, they don't really do much. Uh, it's, Herrera. Know, it's like empty Herrera. Herrera's going to hit for average. And he's going to get a lot of extra base hits apart from just his home run total. Uh, I Maybe. actually like Herrera a little more than Omar Mazzara. Mazzara, based on what we've seen from Mazzara so far. Now, if, if this sudden home run binge is part of a deeper transformation, then... It's, spoiler alert, it's not. Okay. I, I have the deets. <laughs> yeah, so ba- so even during this short stretch, he's still not hitting many fly balls. I mean, you gotta be skeptical of the power if that's the case. I mean, this is what we've always harped on with Eric Hosmer and Christian Yelich, but the difference for them, the reason they're fantasy assets even with the power limitations is because they're just really good hitters overall, and I'm not sure Mazzara, uh, has proven I mean, to be that. He's showing some signs that he could be, like, the strikeout rate is probably too high. He's 23%. That's not outrageously high, but for a guy who doesn't hit a lot of power. But he is hitting more line drives. He's hitting the ball harder. So so there are promising signs that he could take an Eric Hosmer turn, but I just don't even think. Like, over the last 20 games, Adam, you said he has seven of his home runs over the last 20 games. Yeah. He has a 58% ground ball rate. Okay. In that span. Not, not good, not good enough, Nomar Mazzara. We are not buying it, and you should maybe be selling it. Put out some Nomar Mazzara offers. We are not buying, uh, that he is breaking out and he will be home run binging. Uh, while we're on the subject, I was gonna bring up this guy later, but Leonis Martin, have you looked at his batted ball data? He has completely changed his profile. Fly balls all the way, his scrambled ball rate way down. His fly ball, ball rate way up. 
Leonis Martin is about 35% owned. He is not running. This is a guy who has never even slugged 400. And mm-hmm. um, he's out of the deeper league discussion, I think, unfortunately, because he's 35% owned. But is there a breakout here for Leonis Martin? I'm assuming the answer is no, but I have to ask well, anyway. I mean, there there could be. I'm not ruling it out. There, He's shown so little in the past. Like, the only reason you would own him in fantasy basically was for some limited steals help. And like you said, he has not been useful at all in that area this year. But if the hitter profile's entirely changed like that, um, you know, just trying to get the numbers to jibe with the batted ball data, just within the context of this season alone, it, it works out pretty well. So if he keeps doing what he's doing in terms of batted balls, he could be this good. But track record, I mean, it, it's right to be skeptical of it, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm leaving him for five outfielder leagues right now. The ironic thing is uh, I'm looking at a Detroit news column from uh, before the season. He got caught up in the launch angle craze. He hit 15 <laughs> home runs, and he thought if he could change his swing mechanics, get more of an uppercuts-type swing, maybe he'd hit 25 home runs. It's a shame, he said. I got confused because when I showed up in spring training last year with one plan, and then in the middle of spring training, I changed. I, I got confused, and I never found myself. Oh, well, that's sad. That's Anyone's not best. my game, man. I always <laughs> try to hit the ball to the gaps, and I changed it. It doesn't work like that. Oh, when my, was he saying that? This spring. Okay. Well, Sorry about that musical he's interlude. He's a liar. There. Yeah, he's Leonis Martin is a big liar. Um. Okay. So that's. Uh. But but still pretty interesting what he's doing right now. Last guy. I got a really fun email to read. We're gonna play the feud in a little bit. Uh. We'll oh give, yeah. I'll give you a buy low. Yeah. I know. Right. It's five weeks or whatever. We gotta play the feud. Love me the feud. So get ready for that. Um. But uh. Matt Adams. Two home runs yesterday for Matt Adams. He is sixty-one percent owned. You know, last June. Matt Adams hit 314 with 10 home runs. Right now he's hitting 307 with 10 home runs in 29 games. That was Adams' only month with more than three home runs. Also, his only month last year with more than 74 at-bats, so he didn't exactly get that much playing time. But, man, this guy's locked in. 61% owned Matt Adams. Ryan Zimmerman has last, missed the last three games with side soreness. Uh, yeah, what are we thinking here? What do you think about that ownership? Is that porridge too cold, too hot, or just right, Scott White? I think, I think the porridge 61% is probably just right because in a week with a bunch of righties coming up and as hot as he is, it would make sense that you start him. We've seen him have extended hot stretches in the past. And Ryan Zimmerman's hurt, right? Yeah, he's, he's missed three in a row. Uh, yeah. Now, he, Adams hasn't actually started against a lefty during this hot stretch, and so that, like, let's say in the off chance, once Zimmerman's healthy, um, assuming Adam Eaton is still out. I mean, there's a lot of ifs in this scenario. But the, let's just assume the Nationals are willing to put up with Adams' defensive limitations in left field, which itself is a big if. If he's not if they're not doing it on an everyday basis, if they're not playing playing against lefties, I think in the long run that alone will keep him from being uh, somebody who matters in standard mixed leagues. But I I I wish they would because I feel like the the enthusiasm we felt for Adams last June and the Braves were willing to move Freddie Freeman to third base at least for a couple weeks to give Adams a chance to stick in the lineup. 
I just wonder how much of this is, oh, at Matt Adams is hot again, but we know it won't last, and how much of it is, hey, a team's actually letting Matt Adams play consistently, and he's living up to his God-given potential because of it. Uh, I, I don't mean, think it's going to work out for the with the Nationals in the long run. The opportunity still isn't there, but I I wish I wish he would get more of an extended look. But but it's like like you said, the Braves did too. But it was know? only a couple weeks, and right, and, and they had they, to move their franchise player to third base right, and to then, make and it happen. They, so, but then they realized that he can't hit lefties and never has well, been able to. I mean, it's only been it was only two weeks. Like that's no, not I mean, enough it, of a chance. It's it's seven years. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but and I don't probably feel, I don't in feel the, like I would guess in enough. the minors too. I mean, he's got 354 like... plate appearances against lefties. He has a 602 OPS. The Cardinals started messing with his playing time pretty early in his career, too. So I don't know. It's... I don't feel like he's been treated fairly. I'd like to see him go to an AL club where he can DH, and maybe he'll actually have enough trade value from this hot stretch that it'll happen. Like Logan Morrison will get hurt or something, and he'll get traded to the Twins. I would love to see that happen. But uh, yeah, I, you know. I think uh, the best type of league to own Matt Adams in is a is a daily lineup league, and it, right now you you've got to start him against every right-handed pitcher. Yeah, I, for me it's I look at uh like I'm gonna write the waiver wire column after this, and and I'm looking for things that are different or that we don't know, and so like Zach Eflin throwing harder, that's something that I I may use that to get him in my in the column or you know Fernando Ra- Romero, nothing new necessarily, but people need to own him. Matt Adams, it's like, yeah, we know Matt Adams can hit righties. He hit a home run off a lefty last night. That was good, but I I don't think we've learned anything new about Matt Adams. But if he hits righties he hit this righties. well, then he's going to be really good. You know, it's the question is, is how good is he? Like I said, he, ha- he had a month last year, which is very, very similar to this. Uh, I, you know, he can't, he's going to have to clobber righties to be right, he's, mixed he's, league relevant. I'm 100% sure he's had stretches like this before. I, yeah, uh, it's, and it's, he has a 1,200 OPS against righties. He's not going to maintain that either. Right, right, right. All right. Uh, so I just went and checked if Matt Adams was available in my one daily league, and he is not. But Leonis Martin is. But guess what? I've got players that are better than Leonis Martin, and I don't need him. But if I did need Leonis Martin, let's say I wanted to hire Leonis Martin for my company, I'm going on ZipRecruiter. Everybody, if you need to make a hire, if you need the right people for your company and a better way to find them, Something better than just posting your job online and praying for the right people to see it. You gotta use ZipRecruiter and you can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Alright, so what is ZipRecruiter? ZipRecruiter is a job hiring website, but it is the best one out there because it goes out and finds the best candidates for you. ZipRecruiter identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. And here's your stat of the day. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. One day for 80% of the employers who post on ZipRecruiter. The right candidates are out there, and ZipRecruiter is how you find them. And it doesn't matter if you're big business, small, medium, businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Uh, so right now our listeners can try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. One more time, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. If you need people, use ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Here's our email of the day. It's from John at FantasyBaseball at CBSI.com. With Max Scherzer and Corey Kluber inching up on their mid-30s, Clayton Kershaw potentially battling the injury bug, who are your next big four? 
Who would you bet on being the big four on opening day 2020? Garrett Cole, Madison Bumgarner? You tell me. Garrett Cole. Uh, <laughs> I think we're missing the most obvious one. Severino. Ooh. I saw a stat earlier today. Um, since the start of 2017, the top four in ERA and FIP features both, I, I believe it's Chris Sale and Max Scherzer, and then one of either Corey Kluber or Clayton Kershaw goes in each category. The other one that's in both is Luis Severino. Whoop, whoop. I said it. Yep. I said it. Yep. I, I think that's the obvious one. He might, I, like, he, is he there already? Question. How much, how much more do we need to see of Luis Severino? I, I, I have a, I have a theory. Does he need a fourth pitch to be, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. To be, you know, capable of a 250 ERA, 230 strikeout season. Does he need a fourth pitch to be a great pitcher? No. He's already a great pitcher. He, does he, He's, does he need to, exactly. Does he need to be, does he need a fourth pitch to be one of the truly elite pitchers in baseball? I mean, he had well, a 298 ERA and 230 strikeouts last year. He had 230? I, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, we're back. assuming there are going to be four Max Scherzer level pitchers in 2020, which I think is pretty unlikely because you need the crazy strikeout rate and you need the crazy, uh, depth that is becoming less and less common in the game today. Now Severino's shown enough depth at this, you know, the, the, the last couple of years that I feel like he could be that 200 plus innings guy with more than a K per inning. And that's probably going to be enough to get him in the top four, or at least in the, that conversation two years from now. Uh, Cole, I mean, Chris Sale's only 29, so I would assume he'd be in the big four still. Um, and I'm not ruling out Kluber still being there, or Kershaw for that matter. But if you want new names, um, I mean, Strasburg is a possibility, right? Although he's, he's almost in his, uh, he's in his late 20s already, isn't he? Yeah. Well, we're, talking, turns, we're talking, we're talking years from now. Right, but he turns 30 in two months. Yeah. Cindergaard, uh, DeGrom, DeGrom, Cindergaard, Severino. I'm betting against Cindergaard because I'm just, I think the innings are always going to be a question, a issue for him. And, you know, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but that's just my gut feeling right now. What about these rookie pitchers that are making waves this year? What about Alex Reyes? You know, any, any prospects that could take the Severino jump? I guess it's a little soon, but it's, it's possible. It would just be a wild prediction on my part that they would get there in that amount of time or get there ever. Look, right? And, and the, I, I think this is, it's worth noting that of the big four, only two of them were obviously like in the conversation for best hit pitching prospect in baseball kind of guys. You know, that, that's, that's what always makes projecting even two months out with pitching so tough, let alone two years out, is guys make jumps. Like, Max Scherzer was a top pitching prospect, but he wasn't, like, a, a can't-miss guy, and he had, like, four years in the majors before he really turned into that yeah. guy. Chris Ooh. Sale was that guy immediately. Clayton Kershaw needed a year, I think, to get to that level. But, you know... Yeah, he had real Kluber, control problems. Kluber and Scherzer, in particular, didn't become those guys until their late 20s. Mm -hmm. I, Scherzer was probably, like, 26 or 27, but still. So give me four names. If you had to guess, 2020, your top four starting pitchers would be who? Sale, Kluber, Cole, Severino. I would probably take out Kluber, and I would go with Syndergaard. I got a sleeper for you. He's a rookie. Shohei Otani. Sure. 
Yeah. Not much of a sleeper, just not somebody that's so obvious top of right. mind. Right, like not somebody that we mentioned. a pitting for that to be to happen. Maybe. Just because there's going to be that, that's going to limit the innings as long as he's doing that. All right, here's a here's a segment. So so I have a bunch of emails in the show today, and one of them was about this guy, and I decided he needs to be his own segment. I must buy low on Alex Bregman, and quite honestly, I tried to buy low on him yesterday, and it did not work. I offered Darvish for him, and it was turned down. I might come back and offer Granky for him just because I need hitting. And that's a little steep, so I, I probably won't. But I, I really want to get Bregman on my team. Um, is that really buying low? No, it's not, but it's buying. And I I don't see a reason <laughs> okay. why Bregman isn't going to turn it around. He, You look at his batted ball profile, it looks almost identical to last year's, but he has a 4.4 home run to fly ball ratio. That is so low. Uh, he is not quite crushing. Le- he's t- been terrible against lefties, and that's not going to continue. He has more walks than strikeouts. In fact, Bregman is currently the number 13 shortstop in points, but number 21 in Roto. I can't offer Granky for him. You're right. I need I, I need to buy lower than that. But um, I'm, I'm positive there are some drafts where I took Granky ahead of Bregman. But they're close. No. Yeah, they're right. They're right. They're, they're close. They're close. But yeah. no, you don't sell. Gre- don't sell Granky for him. But I. The point is, I'm very confident in Alex Bregman, and he would be the the one infielder that I'd be looking to buy low on right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely buy low. Yeah. Basically, because like you said, he looks like himself. Yeah, and he's been a slow starter each of his first two seasons. So. He's his bad ball ball profile is so weird because it doesn't look like a very good hitter. Like it, it just—he kind of looks like average across the board in every way. Like he hits an average amount of fly balls. He hits a maybe slightly above average amount of line drives. He hits like he doesn't hit the ball particularly hard. But then you put it all together, and that stew becomes a a gumbo of a I don't know fourth round pick. Well, that's Isn't exactly Jose Ramirez kind of that way too. Sort of. Isn't I, Christian Yelich that way? You know, it's kind of the same thing, right? Well, Yelich at least like Yelich hits the ball hard. Okay, but the uh, final numbers are just a... No, no, that's a, what I mean, is yeah, that the, yeah. the, for Bregman, the final numbers are kind of more than the sum of their parts. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right, so just wanted to throw that out there. Now, injuries, news, and notes, a very, very sad note. Stephen Piscotty, you might remember that the Cardinals traded him to the A's so he could be closer to his mother, who was battling ALS, and she has passed away. And our condolences to Stephen Piscotty and the family. Johnny Cueto out six to eight weeks with an elbow strain. So at least he does not need Tommy John. Uh, the Giants are reportedly interested in Matt Harvey, along with some other teams. I don't think we're going to be interested in him. Oh, my goodness, the Pirates sent Nick Kingham to AAA, but he could be back. I think they just have some off days coming up, right? So Kingham, it's not that he's not going to make any more starts for the Pirates, right? I I, I would assume it's not, but um, one of the Pirates beat writers for The Athletic, I can't remember his name, um, was saying they absolutely still intend to have uh, Joe Musgrove, oh, Musgrove right, be a right. starter. And he's going to be, by the time they need a fifth starter again, there's a good chance he'll be ready to go. So I, I don't know what that means. I That definitely dropped Kingham a couple spots in, in that article I mentioned earlier. Um, Behind he, Fernando I, Romero? He deserves to stick. Uh, no, he's still ahead of Romero for me. Okay. But he deserves to stick around. Uh, and Joe Musgrove, I mean, frankly, he deserves it more than Joe Musgrove based on what we saw from Musgrove the last time he was a starter. Musgrove was a great reliever for the Astros last year, so I'm not, I'm not ruling out that they just stick him in the bullpen for a while, but it seems like that one beat writer, um, at least is skeptical of that potential opening for Kingham. 
Adam Wainwright, uh, like I mentioned, likely to return to the St. Louis rotation this week. So I, that's the problem with a lot of these guys is they they don't have solidified spots in the rotation, uh, like Jack Flaherty is who I'm talking about now. Uh, Flu Darvish is on the DL. That would be you, Darvish, who has the flu. He's now Flu Darvish. Adrian Beltre could be back any day now. Yoenis Cespedes started, and he played well, and then he was lifted for a pinch runner, but he played well. Uh, Tommy Pham sat, but he could be back today. Atlanta is expected to add Luis Gohara as a relief pitcher. They are going to put Gohara in the bullpen. Does that mean that Soroka is ahead of Gohara right now? That's what I took it to mean, and that kept Soroka high in those rankings on the site. Um, Gohara, like, it it would be pretty easy for him to overtake Brandon McCarthy, or McCarthy just gets hurt or whatever. So I, like... if anything, this could lead to him gaining RP eligibility and, you know, them kind of easing him back into the starting role. I don't think it's altogether a bad thing for Gohara's fantasy value, but you always worry about a guy getting stuck there if he's too good, you know? Yeah. If the opening doesn't happen soon enough. Well, uh, like is Anibal Sanchez it. still in the rotation? No, I believe Soroka replaced, okay. re- ultimately replaced him. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to transition him to the bullpen. Sanchez, I mean. Danny Farquhar left the hospital, so that is good news. Happy to hear that. He had the brain hemorrhage in the dugout a few weeks ago. Javier Baez left with groin tightness. Joe Madden says he's not concerned. Jordan Zimmerman is on the DL with a shoulder injury. Ryan Zimmerman, only one end on the end of his last name, as I've mentioned now twice, or now three times. He has missed three straight games with side soreness. Byron Buxton expected back this week, and Dexter Fowler almost homeward for the second straight game, but Eddie Rosario robbed him. All right, I think it's time for the Fantasy Feud. Are you ready? I am so ready. I am beyond ready. I have prepared my whole life for this moment. Well, I'm not ready, because first I have to tell you about the Draft app. Yes, Fantasy Feud is fun, but we don't play it every single day. You want to play fantasy baseball every single day, and you love drafts, or else you wouldn't play fantasy, so why not do drafts every day on the Draft app? Or go to draft.com. This, by the way, this website, this company, they are sort of taking the fantasy world by storm. This is, uh, uh, I, I don't even know if they're up and coming anymore. This draft has arrived. It's daily fantasy sports, but not like the other guys. No salary caps. You do live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season long leagues. If you join now and deposit and use the promo code FB today, FB today, you will get into a real money game for free. Again, the promo code is FB today. That will also get you automatically following me, Big Kane 2, on the draft app, and I will post some drafts and I will play against you on the draft app. So again, download draft or go to draft.com and the promo code is FB today, like fantasy baseball today. FB today, get into a real money game for free, get some cold hard cash, get paid out the next day, draft start at $1. It's super fun. It's super quick. I love the draft app. Get on there and start playing some fantasy baseball. All right, here we go. So, since I am in New York and Scott and Chris are in Florida in different locations, you guys are going to have to say, like, bing or something to signify that you have buzzed in. Bing bong! That whatever <laughs> whatever it is that works for you, uh, you were uh, – you, that just, yeah, buzz in. You know what I'm saying. Here we go, Fantasy Feud. The top five answers are on the board. I am looking for – the top five first baseman in Roto. Bing bong. That was uh, that was Chris. Chris. Uh, 
Frederick Freeman. Is the number one answer Frederick Freeman. Pass or play, Chris Towers? Um, pass. All right, Scott. We need four more of the top five first basemen in rotisserie. And the roto format. I am going to go with Paul Goldschmidt. Come on, dude. He's been really bad lately, by the way. People are worried. People are freaking out. You shouldn't be worried. I wasn't worried. Obviously. Obviously, yes. Obviously. Okay, so my second answer, my second crack at this. Better bring bring a list of teams up so we don't sit here and listen to you, you know, think about it for ten minutes. (laughs) Oh, you know me too well, Adam. Uh okay, so my next my for my next trick, I am going to say uh, no, that's two strikes. Okay. All right, Scott. We've got Freddie Brandon Fre- Belt. Brandon Belt is in points, but in Roto, that's three strikes. Wow. So we need that the top five first baseman in Roto. If I've, pre- if I've prepared my whole life for this moment, that's pretty sad. That, yeah, it was really bad. Uh, Chris, all we need is one answer, two through five. Give me a top five first baseman in Roto other than Freddie Freeman. Is Matt Adams a top five first baseman? Is that your final answer? Yeah. Uh, you got it right! Congratulations! Ding, ding, ding. I know he wasn't before yesterday. Chris Towers. So it was Freddie Freeman 1, Joey Gallo 2, with a 224 batting average. Wow, that's impressive. Matt Adams 3, Reese Hoskins 4, and Hanley Ramirez is 5, with 3 home runs! So I actually consider a handsome person on this podcast has been a big fan of some of those guys. See, I, I was thinking Reese Hoskins with the walks, probably in points but not Roto, but he does have an uncharacteristic number of steals, so I probably should have thought of that. But, man, if, if Hanley Ramirez is on that list... Um, yep, go ahead, say it. It's some weak sauce at first base. Absolutely! First base has been really, really disappointing. In fact, honestly, Freddie Freeman, he is walking a ton, but he's not really, in Roto, he's not really doing anything exceptional I mean, 307, he's having a great year. I'm not trying to take away from him. 307, five home runs, 25 RBIs, two steals. I wouldn't think that that would be enough to make him the number one first baseman. Adam, that, that sounds pretty acceptable. It's very good, but it's, it's five home runs in what? How many home runs does Belt have? How is Belt not in the top five and Hanley is? Belt has six because Hanley has three steals. Yeah, but it's only three steals. They're very close. Like, this Scott, is, they're very this close. is my issue with the Roto formula. But they're like, two spots apart. They're like, like basically is, is Hanley Ramirez carrying you, your team in stolen bases? I don't Brandon think so. Brandon Belt's not carrying you in anything either. He has a ton of power and a ton of batting He's average. got six home runs. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Twice as many as Adam, I'm, I Hanley just want to say Freddie Freeman's the Freddie Freeman take was eerily close to the Jacob DeGrom's not electric take. Absolutely not. He's got five freaking home runs. Are you kidding me? He's a yeah, first he's baseman. Got, he's got 49 combined runs in RBI and yeah, two stolen bases, and he's very in 307. Good. I'm just saying I wouldn't ex- have expected him to be number one in Roto. In points, yes, because he's got 22 walks. In Roto, like Joey Gallo has 12 home runs. That's why he's number two. Joey Gallo, as the number two first baseman with a 224 batting average, it's, uh, you know. I mean, I mean. Look, look, I'm just I'm just saying there might have been someone <laughs> who might have told you that if Joey Gallo hits 230, he's going to be a top 50 player. I can't I can't uh, 
I can't remember who said it. Well, he's 40th right now, and I, uh, I have a feeling you're going to be wrong about that. I can't mm. remember who it was who said it, but I'm sure he was extremely handsome. <laughs> I, I agree. Very handsome guy. All right. Chris Towers gets round one. The top five answers are on the board. I am looking for the RBI leaders in baseball. Sky White. I am going with Jed Lowry. The number two answer, Jed Lowry. Chris, you have a chance to get number one. Yeah, but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, guess something. Didi Gregorius. Didi Gregorius is number four. Yeah, what I tell you? Scott, pass or play? Top five RBI leaders. I'm gonna play. All right, all right. So we've got number two, Jed Lowry. Number four, Didi Gregorius. Okay. I'm going to go with, um, kind of an oddball guess, Nick Markakis. No, Nick Markakis is incorrect. Incorrect. One strike. Okay. Did you bring I'm up going the to list go of with teams? Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is incorrect. All right. Oh, they're laughing at you, Scott. They're laughing at me because they can't get wow. one right. And that's <laughs> fair because these are like season-long uh, questions you're asking. Top five RBI leaders, Jed Lowry's number two, Didi Gregorius is number four. Who's number one? All Who's right, I'm going to have to expand my perspective here, broaden my horizons. And in doing so, I'm going to come back with the answer, Mike Trout. Mike Trout is incorrect. Chris Towers, chance to steal, sir. I just need to get one. You just need correct. One. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's go with Chris Davis with a cut. How did you K. get that? Very good. Number three, Chris Davis. Well, and Chris because Towers the wins. Oakland Athletics have a, a top five offense. Okay. Oh, so handsome. So handsome, Chris <laughs> Towers. Uh, no, it's just that honestly, like I've had this discussion with a bunch of people who think that the Oakland Athletics are like not good, and they have a really good offense. They had like the third best offense in the second half last season and they've been like top three or four this season. They're really good. Well, Chris Davis is only batting 210, but he has nine home runs and 30 RBIs. That makes him uh, number three in RBIs. Number one plays in the NL Central. Got hurt last night. Tommy Pham? No. Joe Madden says it's precautionary. Oh, Javier Baez. Javier Baez. Javier Baez is the first Cub to have ten home this many home runs in RBIs. Ten home runs, 32 RBIs this early in the season. Since Sammy Sosa in 2001, I believe. Wow. And we, we need to talk about him. Oh, by the way, number five is A.J. Pollock. So it's Baez, Lowry, Chris Davis, Didi Gregorius, A.J. Pollock. <laughs> Just like we thought. <laughs> I almost thought, yeah, I almost guessed Pollock. So what, a, what about Javi Baez, guys? Are we still buying it? Yeah. I mean, at the power breakthrough, I'm still buying it. Sure. It's the right age for it. Um you know, 37 homer season in the minors, great bat speed. It was, it was thought to be a bigger power guy than he had been in the majors to this point. All right, there we go. Yeah. Last uh, last feud category. Sorry, I'm Chris. not buying it quite as much. Okay. Well, you won fantasy feud, so I guess, you know. All right, this round is worth triple the points. That's right. So That's how it works. First okay. two don't matter. Come back. Yeah, fantasy feud is such a ripoff, or family feud. Right. Because... Right. This- well, you know, the family feud in general, like, really, this is how it works. Like, the, the first Some few rounds just BS. don't matter. Wow. What? Because, I mean, the show would be too short if if they just let the family who won the first two automatically in. Yeah, but they, they just don't matter. Might as well tank. Get better draft pick. All right, here we go. 
the top five hitters in points leagues. Go. Bing bong. Chris. Freddie Freeman. First base sucks. No, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, top five hitters. Okay. Oh my I'm god. Going Don't need to think. Just go. Thank you, Mike Trout. Dig, dig, dig. Yay, they like you again. Pass or play? I'm against my better judgment going to play. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Mike Trout's number one. Who's two through five? I'm going to go with Charlie Blackman. One strike. I am going to go with Mookie Betts. Number two answer, Mookie Betts. All righty. I am going to go with Bryce Harper. Number three answer, Bryce Harper. Trout bets Harper. Looking for I, the next two hitters in points leagues. I am going to go with Manuel Machado. All right, the two ah. strikes. The Towers family's gonna think about it over there. Ah. They're huddling up. They're thinking about their best answer. We're looking for the top Ooh. five hitters in points leagues. Ooh. Is it my turn? Not yet. Not yet. I get okay. one more. I get okay. one more. Scott gets shut up, Scott. You're killing time. Scott gets seven more ah. seconds. All right, I'm going to go with Aaron Judge. The answer is Didi Gregorius. Thank you very much. Let's move on to the next section. Are you cheating? No. Such confidence. Didi Gregorius and Chris Towers is our winner. Way to go, Chris. Uh, Didi Gregorius is four and AJ Pollock's five. Scott, you should have gone back to AJ Pollock. <laughs> yeah. You were rushing me, Adam. I wasn't rushing you. You were taking a very long time. It was necessary. It was necessary. Thank you for playing Fantasy Feud, everybody. And thank you for watching, everybody. Made in Georgia. Okay, it's time now. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, that's at the end of every Family Feud episode. Uh, most shows that they are filmed in Georgia, I think. Oh, well, there you I go. I mean, I've seen the little peach. Hey, it's time to regulate. From Scotty Barnes. Mount up. Scotty Barnes is in a 12-team 5x5 Roto League. Three reserve spots, unlimited DL spots. Scotty says he was recently scanning his league's roster for trade partners, saw something ridiculous. The first place team has 29 players on the DL. 29 players! Basically any player worth having in our size league that is on the DL, he has control of. I'm pretty sure our commissioner listens to the podcast. Fantasy regulators, please help. I mean, change the rules, guys. Like that, that's on you. Yeah. Like that, that, I mean, that, like, that's stupid. And that, that guy is, he is abiding by the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law. You should not have an unlimited number of players. It's not like just to, it's not just where you gotta speculate on guys, but if the rules allow it. Yeah, we're okay with it. We have to be okay with it, but change the rule. If the commissioner is listening, then commissioner, we're regulating against you. And I'm fine with changing the rules in season. Well, why why did you guys let him do that? That's what I don't understand. Like, anybody could have done this. Why did you just let him have free reign to the waiver wire? Like, Because nobody, nobody was thinking of having 29 DL players. It's ridiculous. Right, but nobody thought of having one? 
Like just oh, who's the oh, most I'm attractive sure. guy on waivers to begin the year? I'll pick him up. Like I'm nobody sure there are some guy people. in first place thought of that. Like I'm sure there not, are some. What's the solution? Yeah. Here? Solution is change the rules. Yeah, I mean no, I I I actually kind of like the unlimited DL, but. As with a lot of rules in fantasy baseball, it only works if everybody's equally invested in the league. I have a feeling this guy's more invested than the rest of you if he was able to do this, and nobody, everybody just let him. Time now for ten emails in four minutes. I don't have a theme song for this. Ten emails in... Ten emails in four minutes. Thank you, Chris. That was very good. All right, we are on the clock in five, four, three, two... One. Dear Mary Kate, Ashley, and Elizabeth. Those are Olsons. This is Dave from Ontario. What do we do with Matt Olson? Would you drop Matt Olson for Michael Franco, Ian Happ, Matt Kemp, or Matt Davidson? No. I, I don't think you can do anything. You just kind of have to wait. Yep. Sorry. And he's definitely better than those four still, just in terms of playing time alone. I mean, the only one, well, I guess the two third basemen can compete, but still, Olsen's better. All right, stick with Matt Olson. This is from Kevin. Hey, Ron, Chris, Ben, and Jerry. Actually, Jerry, you can go home. I have absolutely no idea what that is. That what sounds like Parks and Rec. Oh, okay. Very funny show. Am I C-Town B-Pants to trade Clayton Kershaw for Reese Hoskins in a 6 by 6 league? Um, He's one of the additional categories. Um, Kershaw, we don't really know how long he's out. I don't think it's crazy. I wouldn't do it, but I don't, it's not crazy. It's it's probably about a C trade. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Biceps tendonitis doesn't sound that bad. No, I've never had it, but... <laughs> All right, well, Scott's it's... calling it a C to give up Kershaw for Hoskins. Chris? I Yeah, C-. minus. All right, Patrick from Los Angeles. Is the Jorge Soler hype real? Should I pick him up? If so, who do I drop? Inciarte, Schwarber, Smoke, or Jake Faria? In a 5x5 five five league, I think you can drop Berea pretty easily for Solaire. Interesting. I would probably rather drop one of the hitters. Um, I'm just not sure which, so go with Berea. From Seth, how are the peripherals on Anthony Rizzo? Is this just a bad slump for Rizzo? He's fine. Yep. Like yeah. I'm not even going to type his name into the Fangraphs search page. He's fine. Yeah, he came it's out Anthony of it last Rizzo. week. He had a very good week. Uh, from Mike, worryometer on Marcel Ozuna. Is he a buy low? He's a buy low. I mean, Heath and I both had him on our bust list, but it wasn't like a hard bust. Like this guy's just gonna fall flat on his face. It was eh, he overachieved a little last year. Would you like and to know what? That's probably still true, but his early season slump has gone well beyond that. Would you like to know what Marcel Ozuna's hard hit rate is? Yes, I know what I it is. He has the sixth it. highest hard contact rate this year. What? It was 39.1% last season, which is really high. It's 49.5% this season. Yeah, but he hits so many ground balls. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, he's, that's, that's definitely a limitation, but I don't know. This guy's pretty proven. All right. Caleb from Atlanta. Hey, Marty, Alex, and Scott. I don't know them. Given Josh. Morning Hader- wags. <laughs> <laughs> Given Josh Hader's success in the bullpen. Uh, and counsel's employment of a closer by committee. Are you worried that Knable doesn't step back into the closer's role immediately? Uh, well, immediately meaning what? Like the first week? I think that's there's a pretty decent chance of that. But no, he's the closer. I do worry that it might, like, counsel may have grown so fond of this once haters in the game 
he stays in the game till the game's over approach. Like it's worked so well for the Brewers that maybe he sticks with that. Maybe that robs um, Knebel of a few save opportunities, but no, Knebel's still the guy. All right, we have uh, 30 seconds for three emails. Caleb Smith or Trevor Cahill from Jared? Caleb Smith. Cahill. This is from your boy Tanks. Would you guys do any of these trades? Barrios for Benintendi. Barrios for Dickerson. Oh, sorry, Barrios. Barrios for Benintendi. Barrios for Dickerson. Porcello for Benintendi. I would trade Braxton Barrios for him. <laughs> uh, Rick Porcello for Benintendi seems like a win to me. Yes, that would be my Barrios for Benintendi's fine too, but Porcello more. And Adam in Chicago, hey Mikey, Don, Leo, and Raf. I guess we'll have to figure out which Ninja Turtles we are. Do you think Ryan Healy will maintain rosterable value for an extended time? Uh he did last year, so why wouldn't he this year? Okay, that works for me. Yeah, I mean it would have to be like a roto format. Certainly not the smaller head to head size roster. He's just not gonna make the cut. Also, he says, are the first and third base lines wider this year? They sure look like it. Yes. They are, yeah, they're definitely wider. The bases are 10 feet farther away, too. So, uh. What? We're, you were joking, right, Chris? They're not actually wider. No, you guys didn't see? They're uh, 94 degrees. They are wider? No! Oh, okay, shut up, Chris. <laughs> Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> Go home. I, um, I just thought he meant, are they painted wider? Like, it's nothing to do with changing the <laughs> angle, does it? Everybody shut up and leave me alone. Alright. More from yesterday. There's really not that much. Was there, was there anything that, oh, 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 I know. I forgot a segment. Hey, it's about time. Hey, it's about time. Michael Conforto homered. Scott Kingery stole a base. It's about time George Springer had a six hit game. I've been waiting for that for a long time. He leads baseball and plate appearances, by the way. No surprise. Yeah, his numbers all of a sudden look exactly like they should. Yep. Uh, it's about time Marvin Gonzalez had an extra base hit, his first in eight games. He homered yesterday. It's about time Jay Bruce homered, and it's about time Ian Happ hit two home runs. Uh, or did anything. Yeah, Ian Happ also struck out twice and had... I didn't see the plate appearance, so it's possible that game day was lying to me, but somebody sent me the like a screenshot of the pitch location, and it looked like he just was guessing. Like None, none of the pitches were within a foot of the strike zone. He he still looks so lost. I picked him up after this two-homer game just in case, and it's only because of position scarcity. I really need a second baseman in that particular league. But, yeah, Hap, I mean, the, the two strikeouts, he's just so many damn strikeouts, 41 strikeouts to seven walks in like 84 at-bats. I was looking at his, his, like, game logs yesterday just to see if, like, there was a point where he was striking out a lot, and then it's been since then that he's maybe just been striking out, like, a Joey Gallo-esque amount, but no, there has been no point. Like he's been forty plus percent basically every stretch this season. It's it's crazy. All right, so with this segment, it's about time. Conforto, Kingery, Springer. No, not Springer. That was a joke. Um, Conforto, Kingery, Gonzalez, Marvin Gonzalez, Jay Bruce, Ian Happ. When you look at these guys, are there any of them that you don't think will get better? Get, well, not, not just get better, but get better to the point where we're starting them most of the time. Conforto, Kingery, Marwin, Bruce, and Hap. Uh, Hap is, yeah. you know, there's obvious concerns there, both performance and playing time-wise. Uh, Kingery, like, I'm not going to bet on it this year with all the other um, options available. Yeah, the multi-eligibility is great and is 
super useful in some formats, but there are players, there are enough players better in him at all the positions he's eligible that, um, I'm just not confident in that anymore. And I have questions about Conforto coming back from this major surgery. Um, he's the most rosterable of those three, I think, because he deserves more benefit of the doubt Jay based Bruce, on his track Jay Bruce record. and Marwin Gonzalez are in there too. I would, I, I would rather have him than Marwin Gonzalez too. Like I, I, Marlon Gonzalez is kind of in the in the Scott Kingery thing. He's done it for one major league season, but like if he's not going to hit, it doesn't matter that he's eligible at a bunch of spots. Yeah, All right, so and I'm not who, sure he's going to hit. Who's the number one player out of Conforto, Marwin, Bruce, and Hap and Kingery? For, Bruce. for me, I, yeah, it's Bruce only because I'm less likely to drop him. But uh, there's no way I'm dropping Michael Conforto. I plan on writing about that today. All right. Uh, we got a bonus email, team name Tuesday, and uh, today's matchups. Bonus emails from Jason in New York City. I have to take exception with Scott White's proclamation last week that Ben Linus from the show Lost was the best villain ever. I still want to punch myself for watching that whole show. It went so far off the rails by season three, and then it kept going for like three more seasons, and the writers clearly had no idea what they were doing and didn't really tie up any of the mysteries in the supremely convoluted plot. If none of you have See. seen the HBO show Deadwood, I highly recommend it, and I think that Ian McShane's character, Al Swearingen, I don't know, is one of the best villains ever, easily better than any character from Lost. I know uh, well, okay, I agree with Al Swearington. Swearing, is it Swearington or Swearinger? Swearingen, um, he wrote. Ian McShane, like, that may be the best acting performance of all time, that specific character. I also don't know if I consider that character a true villain. Oh, don't spoil uh, it, because now I'm interested. Um, well, there's no spoiler there. It's... Uh, but, I mean, everybody on that show is pretty darn shady, so, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, the, the whole Lost was terrible because I didn't like the way it ended thing. Like, you were only so hurt by how it ended because the show was that good and got you that invested. So people who take that stance, I just ignore them. <laughs> Bill, Bill the Butcher is the best villain. Benny the Butcher. No, Bill the Butcher from Gangs of New York. Oh, Benny the Butcher from Magic City is amazing. And Ramsey Bolton is the best villain from Game of Thrones. A truly psych psychotic, crazed, amazing villain. But, of course, I've never seen any of the other ones, so I, I can't really comment. Uh, all right, Team Name Tuesday, here we go. A familiar face. Sure. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying Hold me closer, Otani Dancer. Yeah. I like it, but, it, you know, that extra syllable kind of kills it. Uh, this is uh, the Ozzie Smith uh, walk-off hit, or I think it's walk-off home run, right? Lou Casey, folks! Lou Casey! That's pretty good. Yeah. The Domingo ate your baby. Kepler Elves. Mm-hmm. Solaire Britty Deathmatch. Sure. Goo Goo Dolls, which is actually one I've used. Sure. Doll about that base. And here's another one I've used. I used it last year. Uh, Dansby Samsonite. Dansby Samsonite. Can I, uh, can I improve one of them? Yeah, sure. Shouldn't it be, show it closer, tiny dancer. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, Dansby Samsonite is great. Uh, because I use it. But Kepler Elves is actually my favorite from this group. Kepler Elves. It's time for today's matchups. I think we're ready. Oh yeah. Yankees Red Sox. Fired up. Severino and Pomerantz out. But first we have Odorizzi, Carlos Martinez. Wait a second. Here's the thing. I don't get it. 
You've got the two best records in baseball. You've got a team that's won 15 out of 16. You've got the most heated rivalry in baseball. I, this is the problem with baseball. If this were like, uh, Steelers Ravens or Steelers Patriots, right? Like, I, I don't care about either of those teams. I would be so excited to watch. Why doesn't anybody want to watch Yankees Red Sox? Uh, cause you only have so much time in your life. And when you reach the pearly gates and St. Peter judges you, uh, I don't want to have to account for the four and a half hours I spent watching a regular season Yankees Red Sox game in May of 2018. Twins Cardinals. Jake Odorizzi, good answer. Jake Odorizzi at Carlos Martinez. Start Martinez. Yes. It's an early game. Odorizzi. Early game. Get your lineup set. Uh, Drew Pomeranz at Luis Severino. Start Luis Severino. Yep. Not Pomeranz? Not Pomeranz. Derek Holland at Aaron Nola. Start Aaron Nola. Start Aaron Nola. Danny Duffy at Dylan Bundy. I know Dylan Bundy's had a couple of tough starts, but I'm still starting him, especially against this matchup. Me too. Uh, Danny Duffy's the one I might roll dice on as bad as the Orioles have been, but I think I'd lean against it. James Paxton at Marcus Stroman. I will start James Paxton. I will probably give Marcus Stroman the day off. I might start Marcus Stroman. He's been better lately. Yeah, his last start was good. I started him in a two-star week. One start, be- I actually do have to make that decision. I'm probably going to go with no. But it'll depends be a how, GTD. Depends how time careful decision. you need to be with ERA and with, I would say. Mets at Reds. Jason Vargas, Luis Castillo. I believe I am starting Luis Castillo in my the league where I have him. So, yep. yeah. Sean Newcomb and Blake Snell. Start both. Yep. Corey Kluber, Wade Miley. Start Kluber. Yep. Mike Fires, Mike Miner. Start Miner. Miner. Jose Arana and I, uh, the guy that the Reds, that the Cubs are calling up. Well, not him. Jen Ho Sang. I would uh, not start either of those fellas. Yeah. yeah, me neither. Ivan Nova, Lucas Giolito. Nope. I would not start either of those guys. I mean, I, I'm fine with starting Nova. Yeah, Nova's interesting. Uh, I won't. It's not. It's just a bad place for him to pitch. Andrew Heaney at John Gray. Heaney's interesting. Not at Coors. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nope. Never mind. What about John Gray? Um, yeah, that's. I'd probably lean away from it. He's been so disappointing this year. Oh well, not the last two starts. Yeah, I feel like he's turned it around. Um, that's a tough lineup. Mm. I, I would say the same thing I said for Stroman. It depends how careful you're, and you need to be with ERA and WHIP. Certainly, in like a points league, I'd run them out there. Lance McCullers at Sean Mania. Start both. God, Sean Mania's had a lot of tough matchups. Yeah, uh, the second time in three starts that he's going to have to go up against the Astros. That's rough, but yeah, you start him. Jeremy Hellickson at Clayton Richard. Yeah, neither. Zach Godley at Rich Hill. Definitely Godley. Hill, it's the first start back from the DL, right? Yep. Yeah. That's that's always iffy. Yep. I'd prefer to give him another another day. Yep. It's it would depend on ERA and I'll care. Listen to the Sportsline DFS podcast if you want some DFS help. And we'll talk to you tomorrow, which is great to trade.